0: You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Hey there, and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am John Corrales pretending to be excited about talking about that damn crap game against the Miami <laughs> Heat, and I am with Jay King, who is going to pretend to be excited to be talking about that damn crap game against the Miami Heat, and we are brought I'm not, to you. I'm not sure you're doing the best job of pretending to be excited. To I be am. Honest. The inflection in my voice is telling you I am excited to talk about basketball. <laughs> Whew. But I am excited to tell you that we are brought to the, brought to you today by SeatGeek, the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person this season. You would not have chosen this game had you known it was going to be this bad. But the games you do want to see, you can see them up close, in person, with SeatGeek by downloading the SeatGeek app and you'll have an opportunity to see much better games than this. But, at the very least, the Celtics pulled this game out, uh, won this game points-wise in the second quarter when they outscored Miami by 15. And then the second half was just terrible. This game was mostly terrible. (laughs) It was just basically, uh, we're here because we have to be here. But, But, hey you know the the
1: heat started Luke Babbitt and Rodney McGruder and the Celtics did not lose so at, at least they took care of business at least they didn't let random random guys go off so those things were good it wasn't quite so good that Goran Dragic had 27 and 17 but you know a w to
0: have, w the the really the most fun that i had all night was when they said something about McGruder i was hearing in my head McGruber and I was picturing those Saturday Night Live skits, the Magruber Saturday Night Live skits. That's like the most fun I had of this game. There you go. When so. Magruder was with the Celtics for preseason, all, all the reporters
1: used to have a, a running, running joke because he would sit at the end of the bench with Gerald Wallace, and we all wondered whether Gerald Wallace even knew his name or whether <laughs> they just like chatted just because they were sitting next to each other. Uh, but now he, now he's starting a game against the Celtics because the Heat are decimated. So. It's it's and, weird it's weird how quickly the NBA changes.
0: Look, and he did okay. I mean, for what he you know, what what it was. Eleven point five rebound night. Not I mean six turnovers, but you still I mean is Rodney Magruder gonna be doing anything more than eleven point six rebounds or five rebounds against anybody? So nice night for him. Shout you know, out to Magruder. He's got stories. He's got stories. <laughs> And somewhere uh, I, hope he, I Wallace... hope he called
1: Gerald Wallace after the game. Like, <laughs> I hope they talk after every game now.
0: Somewhere Gerald, Gerald Wallace thinks the ball boy got signed by Miami and had a nice night.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> That's messed up, man. <laughs> Gerald,
0: I'm like 35% sure
1: Gerald knew that his teammate was named Rodney Magruder.
0: Yeah, but that means you're 65% sure that he didn't. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so that was the game. They played a game. There was 40, 40 some odd minutes of NBA basketball. I don't even. It was actually there wasn't forty. It was like twenty something minutes of NBA basketball. The rest was crap. But there are a couple of things that I actually do want to talk about. I want to start. Let's start at the end. Hack smart. When did hack a smart become a thing? All of Hack-a- a sudden, that came out of nowhere. That that did come out of nowhere.
1: It was like, wait, they're they're fouling Marcus Smart intentionally. And and look, and people will tweet out, you know, he was shooting fifty five percent on the season, whatever. That the Heat only used that tactic because they were desperate. He's eleven out of twenty. It's not like it's some huge sample size where he's bad. Over his career, he's a seventy one percent free throw shooter. It's not a guy you hack. But they were down ten points with a couple minutes left. They were desperate. They weren't going to stop the Celtics otherwise. So you know what they decided? Let's let's try this and see what happens. And smart Smart lost his cool. I don't think he understood that they were intentionally fouling him. I think he thought Goran Dragic was just like shoving him.
0: But the but why <laughs> that that just I hope that's not the case. That play <laughs> where Smart shoved that that just blows my mind. So if you didn't see it. Miami's intentionally fouling Marcus Smart, and so Goran Dragic is on Smart, and he, he pushed him, he fouled him, he grabbed him. You do what you do when you're intentionally fouling, and Smart just pushed the guy, just pushed him back. Actually, no. Before he pushed him back, he tried to do the underarm hook, and then <laughs> put your arms up as if you're innocent to draw. Like he was trying to draw. The foul that was being intentionally given to him, and then he pushed Dragic. So, on a play where the Miami Heat were intentionally trying to put Marcus Smart in the line, he ended up giving them a point on the tech. So, I think Marcus needs to get a a little tutorial on how to be the hack a guy and just sit there and just take it and go to the line. But
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, that, the whole ending like. Just chill out, Eric Spolster. You're down like 15 points. Like, stop, stop fouling. Stop with the hack strategy. Just take your loss and move on, man. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, obviously. Like, NBA coaches should play to win. Brad Stevens always plays <laughs> to the end, but, but like, we're not that, kidding. The the last four minutes lasted like what 30, 45 minutes. Oh <laughs>
0: and, god, it was and so Mar-
1: bad. Marcus Smart got called for a flagrant foul, which he probably didn't deserve. But it looked really bad on first glance. Like It looked like he targeted Hassan Whiteside's almost his head at first. And then you watched it on replay, and it really wasn't much of an egregious foul at all. But I, th- I think Smart's reputation is hurting him, man. And that, that comes back to bite you when you get a flagrant foul for what really wasn't that bad a foul at all.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I tweeted it out at the time that I didn't think that that was a, a flagrant. That was, it was another play where Marcus started way out and started running in when he recognized the play. And he tried to block a shot, but he was just so high and his momentum was carrying him so far forward that it, it was a foul. And look, there's no doubt it was a foul, but a flagrant, I don't know. But you look, Marcus. A weird game for Marcus Smart, because I thought, for a good portion of it, he was doing very well driving and getting to the basket and not getting some of the fouls that he probably should have gotten. And I'm wondering if, at the time, I'm wondering, does his reputation for flopping and embellishing kind of hurt him in those situations, because he was actually getting fouled attacking the basket, and those are situations where... Finally, he's attacking the basket and he's doing it a little bit more lately, but he's attacking and getting fouled. And I'm just wondering if the refs are like, I'm not buying it this time. You know, you, you'll get it on the other end, but we're just, you got to deal with it at this end.
1: What's, and, what's weird about his season so far is he's taking about half the free throws he took last year and he's handling the ball more. It seems like he's being smarter, at least when he goes to the hoop. But he averaged 2.7 free throw attempts per game last year. And, and this year, even though he's handling the ball more and playing about four more minutes, he's down to 1.5 free throw attempts per game. So Marcus Smart really hasn't gotten the benefit of a lot of calls. He's not getting the line. He, he's a strong guy. He, he's capable of 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 beating guys to the hoop. He's capable of drawing contact when he gets there. He, he needs to become a guy who, who can create at least a few more free throw attempts for himself. The Celtics badly need somebody outside of Isaiah Thomas to get to the line and Smart could I think he he he's not going to be like a huge James Harden type free get to the free throw guy, line guy, but he he can definitely get more than 1.5 trips per game.
0: Yeah, and and we've been looking at that for a little while now. I know coming into the season I think that's something that we've been kind of hoping for. And my formula for Marcus Smart being a, a pretty efficient scorer has been pretty simple. You hit one or two threes per game, which you know, he he takes plenty of them. As a side note, stop with the heat checks Marcus. Stop. Stop.
1: Like Yeah, th- th- this was like the classic Marcus game. Like He did so many good things. He ripped the ball out of Dragic's hands. That was like, awesome. Like straight bully mode. And then he picked up a flag of foul, a technical foul. He had a pull-up three from like 28 feet with 20 seconds left on the shot clock. Marcus Smart. The Marcus Smart experience is
0: up, down. It is everywhere. You got to sell tickets to that thing. It's like a ride at Six Flags.
1: And I, I think all that stuff that I talked about, I think that all happened in the fourth quarter. Like that was one quarter of Marcus Smart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Because he had he only had like a few minutes in the in the third. He 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 took one shot in the third quarter. All that stuff came in in the fourth, which just he hit one solid three pointer and then next trip down, four seconds into the shot clock, pulls up from some logo and just like, just stop with this. if he hits one or two in a row, you know he's going to come up with a ridiculous three, but back to my original point where if he drives and gets the calls that he should eventually, if he earns those he'll take four or five trips to the line, and so he'll get three or four points from the line He'll he'll get three points let's say, three to six points from three, so that's anywhere from six to nine points, and then he hits a couple of Couple of layups here and there, so you get another six points there. Next thing you know, he's going from 12 to 15 points. If Marcus Smart becomes a 12 to 15 point a game guy and he has the occasional 18 to 20 point bursts with the way he plays defense, that's a hell of a player. And Marcus Smart can pass, that is my mission for this season. Marcus Smart can pass exceptionally well, so he will get assists. He can end up being a legit 15-point, 4-rebound, or 6-7-assist guy with his level of defense. In two or three years, that can be a consistent thing that he does if if everything breaks right. That would be a hell of a player. The way he plays defense, to have that kind of offense... That would be amazing, and I, I would love to have that Marcus Smart around. Yeah, it would be nice, but
1: you know, for for now we get the Marcus Smart experience, right? <laughs> where you never know whether it's going to be good, bad, so but, but you know it's going to be something loud. That that's that's it. Marcus Smart <laughs> is he might be the loudest player. Like his game is like there's Russell Westbrook is the top of the loudness meter. I yeah, think.
0: yeah, 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 yeah,
1: and like he is his. His presence will be felt, good, bad, otherwise, he is always there. Marcus Smart, he might be the loudest Celtic. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Obviously, well, yeah. Isaiah Thomas has has moments, uh, not moments, but but you kind of expect it. I, I'm not taken away by, by his stretches anymore because he just does it all the time. Avery Bradley, like he has loud quarters, especially, but he's a lot more subtle.
0: I I think Marcus Smart might be their loudest player. I I don't think it's might. I think he totally is. <laughs> yeah. I mean tonight tonight's game is a perfect example. So that's that's Marcus and you know it'd be fun, you know it'd be fun to get a ticket to go watch Marcus Smart play, which you can do Wednesday against the Detroit Pistons or Friday against Boogie Cousins and the Sacramento Kings. Think about the explosiveness on the floor on Friday. When Boogie and Smart are on the floor at the same time, that, that could just explode. It could just explode into anything. And the best way to go do that and see that game is to download the SeatGeek app. SeatGeek, as you've heard on the show before, but I will remind you right now, is the smartest, easiest way to find the tickets to the games that you want to see this season. I have personally used it, and the best part about the SeatGeek app is you always know that you're getting the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek compares the prices for you by searching multiple ticket sites. You don't have to go to 10 different places to to comparison shop. SeatGeek does it all for you. They find the lowest price. They find you the most bang for your buck, and they lay it out there pretty easily, they give you a. They give each seat a grade based on its value, so you can immediately see through the app the red, the yellow, the green, where you're getting the best deal. And it's everywhere. If you want to sit on the floor, if you want to sit in the mezzanine, if you want to sit up in the bleacher, and I keep saying bleachers, up in the balcony, wherever you want to sit, SeatGeek has your ticket. And here's the best part. Our listeners get a twenty dollar rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. You got to download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, add click a promo code, enter L O Celtics. SeatGeek sends you twenty bucks after you've made your first ticket purchase. So you go, you buy your first ticket purchase. You want to buy a hundred dollar seat? Boom! You pay hundred bucks. Then you get twenty dollars back, so you're basically getting an eighty dollar seat. And you can do it at the last minute. You can, uh, the, the, you don't have to print anything out. They send you the thing right to your phone, so you can go and you can scan it and you're done. So, download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code LO Celtics, go check them out. Wednesday in Detroit, uh, Friday Sacramento, or or be like me, you could be on the road. I'm going to the game in Philly on uh, Saturday. I'll, don't, I'll go through the Seeky Gap to get myself a ticket. I'm waiting to make sure I get a better deal. So do that, and maybe you'll see Smart go nuts in one of those Smart games. Or maybe you'll see Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas do something that I really enjoyed tonight. And where I think the game was won tonight was in the third quarter. Late in the third quarter, probably the last, the last half of the third quarter, where... They were making a run. Uh, Miami was making a run. And Jay Crowder hit a three. I think it was like a 12-2 or 12-4 run or something like that. Jay Crowder hit a three to kind of stem the tide. And I tweeted about this, Jay. To me, that's a clutch basket. Because that holds back a run that could have cut the game to single digits, which Miami didn't do until the end of the fourth quarter. And if Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder don't go off in the third quarter and do what they did, Isaiah Thomas scored 12 points in the third quarter and Jay Crowder scored seven. So they scored 19 of the Celtics' 35 points. And most of those baskets came at the end when Miami was trying to make a push. They scored 42 points, Miami did, in the third quarter. But they could never really get... Into the single digits because Crowder and Thomas were hitting these clutch baskets. And to me, those are clutch baskets. It's not just the (laughs) end of the fourth quarter and not just last-minute tight game. That's clutch to to keep the team at bay. Can
1: can I make a confession? Yeah. I I laughed when you tweeted that because
0: (laughs) because they were
1: up like 11 at the time. And I think the three put it to 14. I'm not sure you can call it clutch. No, I'm
0: definitely calling it clutch.
1: (laughs) I mean, I I get what you're saying. It was important, but clutch. I'm not sure. It was important. It stemmed the tide. It kept the Celtics ahead. I. It's hard for me to think that there was ever a point when, like this game, was never in doubt. From the time the Heat started, Luke Babbitt and Rodney Magruder. I'm pretty sure they were screwed. (laughs) I'm. Crowder was very efficient, and notably, he played 32 minutes. So his minutes restriction is gone. He, he was playing about 25 minutes per game before, since the ankle injury. So that's a good sign. Uh, Thomas Thomas shot terribly for, like, two and a half quarters, and then all of a sudden, he finishes up with 25 points. He has that right-handed dribble in and out on Dragic, which was spectacular. Crazy. So, yeah, th- those guys, th- the Celtics offense never stopped scoring. After halftime, and and they kind of needed it because the defense was was bad. Dragic just lit them up. Whiteside got going and started throwing down alley oops left and right. So yes, they I, they they hit a, a lot of important buckets, but I mean, they shouldn't have needed to. They shouldn't. Their defense went away the entire second half. It, it was just one of those games where they were like, you know what, they they handled their business early, then just kind of held on, and the Heat were never coming back. <laughs> they were never. The Celtics were never pulling away. It was kind of a, kind of an ugly game.
0: No, of course, of course, but I I will still contend that you know I I don't buy into like I know the definition, the dictionary definition, and when you you talk about clutch scoring, it's fourth quarter, it's five points or less with you know a few minutes to go. That's the definition of clutch. But Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder at the end of the third quarter refused to let Miami get closer than 10 points. And the game becomes a much different game in the fourth quarter if they let that game get into single digits. And you have that feeling that this game was never in doubt because Crowder and Thomas hit those shots. And if they didn't, if they didn't hit those shots, if they didn't go on that little run that they did, then we would have gone into the fourth quarter saying, oh shit, they started Luke Babbitt and they started Rodney Magruder and it's a single-digit game with 12 minutes left to go. So that's why it's not necessarily the definition of clutch, but to me, it's the same thing. That That's where the game was won. That's where they stopped Miami's momentum. So... I guess so all I'm saying is that you can be clutch and you can hit hugely important baskets, even in a double-digit game when when the situation is they're making a run and you're holding them off.
1: There you go, baby. Clutch, <laughs> super clutch. I'm, Larry Bird was never that clutch, baby.
0: Oh, now let's not get crazy.
1: Come <laughs> on, <man. laughs> uh, but. <laughs> the, I, hey the the bench the bench was good too. The bench was good too. I thought especially in the first half, Kelly Olynyk Kelly was huge. Jonas Turepko has barely missed a shot in the last week plus. He's just he's just really playing good good ball yes, after yes, a slow true. start to the season. Terry Rozier hit a few jumpers. So I thought I thought that bench in the second quarter was was really the difference, you know. The Celtics go ahead with a 27-12 run in the second quarter. It all started with Olynyk, Rozier And Jarebko really making a difference against that Heat second unit. So shout out to the bench. They haven't always been good, but in this one, did a lot of good things.
0: Yeah, no, I think Olenek had a really, really nice game. And it's kind of funny because I kept getting tweets that he's so soft. But he ended up with 14-6, 4 assists. He was a plus 10. Olenek was a difference maker tonight.
1: Yeah, he had a great game. He had a great great game.
0: game. Uh, Jarebko, selective he only took three shots. I feel like he hit more than three shots, but he only took three and just made a positive. When you take three shots, you're a plus eight. He had a big impact on uh, on the game. and You know what the best part about all this is that no one's talking about uh, Al Horford missing the game, which I was ready to come into this show and just blast people for – for criticizing Al Horford for wanting to spend a night with his newborn baby uh a day after she was born so but they won and there was no need for for Horford and and thankfully that doesn't become an ongoing story
1: i i i think it was kind of overblown too like there weren't a lot of people saying that. Every, every, for the most part, I think people understand <laughs> it is your child. You spend at least a damn day with your child after having a, a new newborn baby. So I don't think there were a lot of people out there talking about that. But yeah, there there were a couple idiots on Twitter saying a few stupid things. Everybody shut up. Everybody <laughs> shut up. Horford had a concussion, and he yeah. He needed to come back until he was healthy like a normal person should. And then he he had a a, a newborn daughter. Then he brought new
0: life into this world and wants to bond for a day with his baby. And and, and you think he should be
1: playing against Ronnie Magruder instead? Shame on (laughs) all of you.
0: (laughs) So I'm glad that's not an extended storyline. So, all right. That's it. We're done. We're done. There's nothing else to say after this. Celtics win. They win by eight. They should have won by 80, but the game took like forever and it sucked. But I I will say this though, for all of your pretend, your
1: talk about pretend excitement, you were, you were really, really excited about those clutch buckets.
0: I was, I'm legitimately, I was legitimately excited about that. (laughs) I was, I was, I'm also legitimately excited about being part of the Locked On podcast network. See, now, that's, that's a, a good thing to be excited about. That's a good segue. I got to give myself a little credit for that. Yeah. I am excited about the Lockdown Podcast Network because we've got shows for every NBA team and every NFL team. If you are a football fan, you don't have to. If you're, you could be a Celtics fan and like a Texans fan. And that's cool. Whatever. But you, you can go follow one of our Lockdown NFL podcasts, you could follow Lockdown NBA. To get a sense of the league, you can follow Lockdown Fantasy. If you're into the fantasy sports, you want to get a leg up on the competition, that podcast is great. They do a great job. Uh, And so check out the Lockdown Podcast Network. And if you're not a subscriber to us, please, however you get your podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn app, everywhere, we are available. Search for the Lockdown Celtics podcast. We are there. If you are a subscriber, you haven't rated us, Give us five stars, if for nothing else, for coming out here and talking for half an hour after that crap game we th- we deserve we deserve the love after that just for putting forth the effort to give you an entertaining half hour podcast after a not entertaining NBA basketball game
1: you know what we didn't even show fake excitement that was real excitement we had we, no matter
0: what no matter how bad the game is, we
1: are excited to talk to you.
0: I like that. that. was That was heartwarming. <laughs> I agree. We're clutch, too.
1: We're clutch, too.
0: <laughs> we were clutch. It, it's not just clutch at the end of the podcast. We were clutch like five minutes into the podcast.
1: Yep, as always.
0: All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again tomorrow. We'll figure out something else to talk about because we are here for you five days, Monday through Friday. We are your daily boston celtics podcast we are the locked on celtics podcast here on the locked on podcast network